0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Elbows Tight Podcast. It's your host, Travis and John.
1: John, how was that today? You know, it was really good. I think um, everyone's going to like that interview. A uh, big takeaway I had from it is um, I feel like he's a really good human being. Like, when you hear him talking about jujitsu, but everything else he does to make himself a better person, uh, he seems like a really solid dude.
0: Yeah, today's interview, we have Heisam Rita. He is a top-level jujitsu practitioner. If you guys don't know who he is, his nickname is The Giraffe. Because uh, he's 6'5, 220 pounds of oatmeal and sex appeal. Uh, this man is extremely <laughs> athletic. He's the one, if you guys yeah, want to put a name to the face, if you don't know already, he's the one that at ADCC he did the arm bar on Cyborg and the crowd exploded and whatnot. You know, he's, he's a super down to earth guy. Um, I couldn't, honestly, I couldn't be more happy with this interview. Uh, this was such a great conversation. He is so down to earth. He was so forthcoming with his knowledge, and uh, at every moment, he was just ex- explaining how grateful he is for even being in the situation he's in. You know yeah, I mean? like I
1: said, he seems like a really good human being.
0: Yeah, and which is funny because a lot of times in the jiu-jitsu community, especially when you reach that level, it could probably get to people's heads and and whatnot. So he's he, you can tell that it doesn't get to his head at all. You know, coming from where he came from, you know, he grew up in Ghana moved to Japan and had the hardest time just getting to America to compete on the the world stage. And here he is now. So um, we're, I'm very, very grateful that he gave us his time today. So uh, it's a great conversation and I I, I, I can't wait for you guys to listen to it honestly because um, it is just so good. Uh, housekeeping notes. Uh, we have a new supercast. You can subscribe to our supercast and avoid this whole preamble and you can avoid the Manscaped ads and, and any other future ads that we have with with people. Um, and you could just listen straight to the interview. And that's gonna be at tight dot com. And we have three tiers that you can subscribe to, uh, whichever one fits your budget the best if you wanna to help out the podcast, then you can do that. And there's uh, a plethora of benefits that come with each one. The, the the higher the tier, the the more benefits you get. But that is out now, elbowstight.supercast.com. Please go subscribe to uh, our, our mailing address. That's going to be there also. And if you want to become a paid member and avoid all these ads in this preamble, uh, and starting with this episode... Uh, you can stop listening to it right now and go do that. <laughs> <laughs> and you and that would uh, be greatly appreciated. We're trying... I'm doing everything I possibly can right now to grow our following and to grow the podcast to where uh, we can do this full-time, or at least me, if John doesn't want to, because John John is a, a big wig now well, at I'm work. Not, most certainly not. <laughs> so I greatly appreciate that. And then... Uh, what else do we got? Oh, check out uh, our, like I mentioned, check out our mailing list. We're going to be releasing stuff with that. That's 100% free, but it's gonna still going to be at the Supercast website if you guys want to do that. Future guests, if you guys want to check out what's going on with the podcast in the background, that's going to be there also, and it's free, like I said. And then follow us on Instagram, Elbows Type Pod. Uh, my goal is to have 1,000 followers on Instagram by the end of the year, so we have two months to do it and gain about 250 followers, so that'd be great if we can do that and then also facebook uh youtube everything if you you guys want to please and thank you and then leave us a five-star review on apple's uh apple's (laughs) on apple Podcasts and spotify and pod chaser um john we got anything else
1: no man listen to this one it's a good one
0: yeah hopefully you guys enjoy this also if you are a premium subscriber before we go uh there will be a whole nother video and episode released to premium subscribers only heism gives his three tips on how you can improve as a competitor leading up to competition and on competition day and that's only going to be for the premium subscribers so if you guys want that go over to supercast.elbowstight.com and please subscribe. So thank you guys so much. Hopefully you enjoy this and we'll catch you later.
1: Peace. Peace. Support for Elbows Tight is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineer tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code ETP20 at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 8 million balls. That's a lot
0: of balls, Johnny. When Manscaped reached out to work with us, I instantly thought, yes, what a deal. I've been using Manscaped products for a while now. And when they mentioned helping out with the podcast, I, I thought it was a no brainer. I have the lawnmower 4.0 now, but I had the lawnmower 3.0 and absolutely loved it. Also, most people think about Manscaped as tr- just trimmers, but really they have ball deodorant, ball toner the weed whacker which is your favorite thing right john
1: yeah i love the weed whacker look i'm about to hit like 45 years old so i got hair growing out of everywhere now so it's coming out my ears i'm like man where is that weed whacker it's <laughs> definitely my favorite get 20 percent
0: off and free shipping with the code etp20 at manscaped that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code etp20 unlock your confidence and always use the right tools to get the job done with manscaped Hi, Sam, how's it going today man how you doing doing good man
2: I'm just excited to be you know thank you guys for having me here excited to finally be on and like let get me going what's up with you guys how you doing
0: I'm doing great it's a beautiful Sunday morning here I woke up around 6 a.m and uh yeah i've I, like I was, I've mentioned before we officially started recording I have, I have uh three kids and two of them are under two years old so they wake up early and so I woke up at I typically wake up at 6 a.m 7 days a week at the latest and uh so I took it upon myself this morning to to clean a little bit and make some coffee and get everything ready for this fantastic interview that we've been pumped for since 3 weeks ago <laughs>
2: there you go I mean like I've been looking forward to it too you know I came prepared um, uh, and I'm excited to be here, man. Yeah,
0: no, I appreciate you giving us your time, man. Honestly, I know you've been like That's super busy lately. A lot of spotlights been on you, especially cause of ADCC and the amazing crazy. performance you did there, man. Not only that, I was going to, I wanted to mention it too, because I've been following you for a while and, uh, and what's us. crazy is your Instagram following <laughs> after ADCC jumped up like 10, 15,000 people, like overnight. It felt like, I think you were at like Sixteen, seventeen thousand 17,000 people, and then after it ADCC, it, yeah, I checked again, it was like 25, yeah. 26, I was like, holy crap, dude, yeah. how's that been?
2: I mean, I'm still, to be honest, I'm still like riding that high, you know, it's just like, you know, I was just saying this story, is like, me going to ADCC was just like a different person, and then I just came out like another person, you know, in a way, like, uh, it, It's been crazy. My phone been blowing up ever since I'm still getting tons of messages. It's, it's almost like very humbling, and overwhelming and it's like, you know, sometimes too, it's just like, yeah, finally made it, you know, the finally the world is known because I've been doing it for a very, very long time, you know. It's almost like that one amber that I've done way too many times, but I kind of seem to hate it when it mattered the most. And the world, you know, finally giving me some recognition. So to be honest, it feels nice it
0: was nice yeah I could I could only imagine man like you know especially when the fruits of your hard work pays off and like you mentioned you hit that arm bar quite a few times and uh, I was watching yeah. some tape on you and I've seen I, I was like man I was like that that wasn't a fluke like that's like part of your game huh is that that exactly. that underhook exactly. arm bar is like legit yeah. man
1: you know when people gotta be going into it like he's not gonna arm bar me with that he's not damn it he got me with it <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you gotta know
2: it going hey, in. <laughs> yes, sir, uh, bro. Like, uh, man, Ambas have been my ten. You know, it's been my go-to since I started jiu-jitsu. And uh, you know, like I said, and also that's my style. Always looking to go for the kill. You know, I could have decided to go for the takedown, play the safe, but I'm like, man, just gonna go for the kill. And the was there. I saw it. I went for it. You know. And uh, the crowd reaction, everything just was overwhelming. Bro, <laughs> that
0: like watching the tape and because, like I said, I've been following you for a little bit. Watching the tape and the reaction, I was like. Oh my god like it's gotta be like, like like uh all the memes of like are you not entertained like in the gladiator you know what i mean like i was i was like screaming at my phone when i saw it the, on the instagram i was like holy crap that's like insane man but did you did you like study tape a cyborg beforehand because you knew you were gonna go up against him like did you have enough time to or did you yeah. already kind of know what his game was because he's a heavy wrestler he loves taking people down
2: exactly you know and um that's one thing I, I, i've been working a lot since i moved here it's like you know but also like going to the um the, the event um you, you didn't we didn't really know who you want to go against oh. you know until like literally less than 24 hours before we all go out against each other so you know we had game planning, man like we had game plan going into it. me and david we talk about it okay what are you gonna do when these guys come first round and also we i kind of like because i had the invitation and like i didn't know where i was going to be seated but we we kind of just took a guess of where i'm around where i'm gonna be and who Mm -hmm. most likely gonna go against and uh you know um cyborg also against one of the people i actually thought i was gonna go against you know because it's gonna make sense It, it was either gonna be him uh roosevelt or him because then it's gonna be like me going against one of those um Spot guys, or maybe go against one of the new wave guys. But like, when it comes to where I'm gonna be seated, it's gonna make sense to go against you know somewhere between like Orlando, Cyborg, and all that stuff. So we had game plans and like you know going to it. When I was called to, when I found out I was gonna go against Cyborg, it was like, okay, man, this is one of the fight we actually wanted, and we get in it, so this is an exciting one, you know. And then, man, I was my confidence was all time high, you know. Going into it, I, I, I was getting, I was good at getting to that mindset, in that zone where it's like walking into the arena, like, the the crowd didn't... I didn't really allow the crowd to get into it it was just me, my opponent, and then my coach. That's all I could hear, you know, and, um, you know, so going into it, like, and actually the night before, you know, I already watched some films back then, like, to be honest, everybody in that, um, you know, my division, I've, I've watched everybody. You know, I kind of know what to expect if I'm supposed to go against any of them. So, but then it's like, okay, I'm going to go against cyber, Let me just rewatch some stuff. You know, I I think I watched uh, one of his uh, fight against uh, Victor Hugo, you know, which he kind of did that same exact same spin move. I didn't Mm. think he was going to hit me with that. But, you know, that was one thing that was the back of my head right after like, literally less than 24 hours going into the fight you know so i knew what to expect i knew it was going to be a lot of stand-up and uh, i've been working off my you know uh my wrestling a lot too like almost like a counter wrestling style because you know i never really wrestled wrestled growing up growing up so you know and uh likely moving here to Detroit, you know i'll find almost his like my mentor now i'll say jake herbert you know he he wrestled he made it to the olympic of the team wow. so not every day you get someone like that in your corner. And I didn't plan on that. He somehow arrived in my gym. I found out how good it is. I reached out to him, yo, help me out. You know, so I grew into that, like growing up not really wrestling, you know, I did judo in Japan. That's what I did. That's one of my takedowns. So if I can tie you up, I'm very confident to that But you know, with ADCC it's very hard to get to that tie or the stuff. So Most of my style is like defense wrestling, counter wrestling, all that stuff, because I know I'm not going to be the offense type, you know, and so he threw the attack, man, and I saw everything just unfold, you know, I had the underhook perfectly, and usually I'll just flip them, trying to spin around to the back, there's a bunch of moves I could have done there, but, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm just looking out to go for the kill, I saw the arm perfectly, you know, the way he was trying to turn into me. I knew if I gave him a little space to come up, I'm just gonna spin around and go for the arm. And then man, it's just like one of those one of those days, you know. Man, I've been we, I've been doing that a lot of times, but it's just like sometimes too, you just need everything to work perfectly, you know, everything to be aligned, and it's just like one of those moments where just like everything was just like perfectly timed, perfectly everything just I caught it. And as soon as I had my leg over whatever reason, I just started to hear the loud noise. Like, <laughs> like, how people were just as, then in that moment, like, okay, fuck, I can't let this <laughs> people <die."> get <laughs> And uh, man, I just put everything I had in there. And uh, for me, it's just like, I, I feel like more, I feel like my legs, I secure, I feel the arm is more secure every time I cross my legs. You know, there's a lot of saying, like, oh, don't cross your yeah. legs, don't do that. I'm not saying it's wrong or right or wrong, but I've had a lot of success crossing my leg because I secure more and that, that grip there, you know. And I have this type of workout that I do, like rat pulls, with my legs in that situation. So I'm very wow. strong in that position, yeah. you know. So um, <clears throat> me and my boy, shout out to my trainer, Ty Jensen. We work on all that stuff because he knew I'm bass on my team. So how can I get stronger in that position? So we work on all that. So shout out to that uh, my, my my boy, Aunt Ty Jensen. And anyways, you know, so man, you know, across my feet, the way it was in, like, I initially felt like, man, this guy is strong as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big dude. Like, I don't think people realize how big that guy is. I mean, he looks is. huge, he is
1: huge, huge.
2: Yes, yes, sir. I, I even though I didn't allow that to get into my head going to it, you know, but I man, he almost threw me to the opposite <laughs> side, but then I just like, fell, fell back to the other side and then I'm like, man, I'm not letting go of this. You know, and you uh, also how it happened, I got the top, I came up and uh, spread my arm just right there and then everything hit me. You know, ADCC has always been my dream to be on. You know, it got to a point where I didn't think it was possible because I just moved here like as an, uh, you know, not from here. I'm not, I don't know how to, I couldn't do the trials here. And the type of visa I'm on right now, I pretty much cannot leave the country until, you know, I, um, I tried to get my green card and all that stuff. It's a long story. So I reached out to Mo, like, Hey man, this is my situation here. Can you at least let me do the, the trials here? You know, just, just give me the opportunity to do the trials. And, you know, he actually understood me. He wanted me to, but the, the one question, which was very fair was like, man, you know, I understand your situation, but I can't allow you to do it because then if I allow you to do it, every person living here who's a non-citizen is going to say, hey, why are he we getting special treatment? Let's do it too. And uh, I think that was right before my fight <clears throat> against all the crews uh, back in March this year. I don't I know. not don't, on who's number one. And he, he pretty much told me, hey, I got my eyes on you. If you can go out there and put on a show, you know. And uh I went out there, I won the way I did and I think I impressed a lot of people that day and that's how I got the invitation to be on there. So, you know, leading into it, I, I, I try not to allow, you know, all this negativity to get to me, but to be honest, let's be fair, we you hear stuff. You know, at the end of the day you hear stuff even though I'm not, I am might not react to it, but, you know, I saw, like, people, oh, he's, he's only in ADCC just to promote jiu in Africa, just like UFCs, you know, we have a couple of guys who are African champions. I, I had all that, you know? And I'm like, man, these people really don't think that I deserve to be on that spot. Like, you know, and I'm just glad I got to prove to it. And at the end of the day, too, I, I kind of learned a lot of stuff about myself. Like, that weekend, it was just, like, after that first win, the reaction from the crowd, everything the way I reacted, I got super emotion, like almost like which was a fuck up from my side is because like hey it wasn't just one match, we have more than one, and even though in that moment I'm like man what are you doing? You need that more to go all that stuff I felt like it kind of threw me up my, my mm-hmm. mindset it kind of threw me up and I kind of didn't wasn't able to get back into you know it it as an athlete, but you know that's something we learned moving forward and uh hey, two years from now it's gonna be a different. Gonna be different, that's for sure, and like there's more coming up from now, you know. Um, bigger head- headlines, so I'm just excited, man. I'm gonna say, excited to keep proving to the world, and uh, yeah, let's keep going.
1: <laughs> do you have a ritual you use to get ready for a match like that? Or are you like a music guy, a meditation guy? Like, I'm not gonna eat yeah. eight hours before this match. Like, how do you <laughs> I get ready for fasted
0: that? cardio the day of? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm,
2: yeah, so uh, honestly, like, uh, I'm a, I've always been like, a, um. I used to be a music guy, I'm not going to lie, you know, it just starts to get myself super hyped, and then I just realized that, man, it just got me so excited, and I go super hard, and I, I get tired quickly, just by being pumped up, so but now, I will say I'm more of like a visualized meditation guy, you know, just trying to see myself there way before every morning, trying to see myself there, you know, going through every motion, you know, just initialize myself being there and it felt that same way too you know after i got to adcc that's like it doesn't feel like the same you know it doesn't feel like a new thing that's the, the zone i get into and i do a lot of breathing exercises mm. too so if, if you notice guys, before i step on the mats you know i take bow like you know do that rituals and just to keep myself grounded so right now i say it's a lot of uh you know <clears throat> A lot of breathing exercises for sure. A lot of visualization and meditating. Obviously, working hard, training hard, and preparing is the most important thing. But I—that's uh, one thing I learned this past two years. Actually, you know, through my my guy Jake, you know, he asked me, "Hey, what's your ritual? What do you do like to stay grounded?" You know, because sometimes when you get in that stress zone, you want to do whatever it takes to get out of that stress. You know, like, but if you can learn to control that, if you can learn to stay grounded. You can be a better athlete, and I feel like that really, really helped me a lot. And like the past two years, I'm not the best in it, but every time I'm getting better, and it's been translation a lot in my game. You know, it's like before I see things before it happens type of way. So. Yeah, and uh, I'm just, so yeah, when it comes to ritual, I can't really break it everything. No, I do no, down. that's good. No, that's great, yeah. Maybe someday I'm going to I'm gonna write a book <laughs> that show people how it's done. Now, you know, I got my own rituals and I, I'm just excited. And actually, this is one funny thing. It's like the type of coffee I even drink. And that's why I travel around with my own set of coffee, you know. I, I, I make it. It's all part of the mutual, you know, like just here. I wake up in the morning making the coffee. Take a a nice cup of coffee, you know, staying away from my phone and then doing all that stuff, you know, just wake up, meditate, do other stuff before, you know, working out to go for my first practice It's one of the best, best things. And it, it, it helps me a lot. It's helped me a lot to go through my days you know, going against all those, you know, amongst us. Yeah, vocal. no joke.
0: <laughs> so how has your ritual evolved? Have you, did you like read books? Like we, John and I both are reading a, the Atomic Habits book right now. And it's, it's really good. It yeah. talks about a lot of things. Do you read books or do yeah. you have uh, coaches just for mindset? How, how did you evolve mm. this ritual before?
2: Yeah, actually, I'll say, like, I've been reading a lot of books. Actually, I, I just, uh, I read uh, The Atomic Habit. Uh, Great yeah, book. Year. If you guys haven't it read it at me. home,
0: it's so good. You guys got to read it.
2: Yeah, for real. Uh, I, to be honest, though, like, because I travel, I, I drive a lot and all that stuff, you know, I still have some books that I read, but most of the books uh, I listen mostly of oh, the time sure. because I'm traveling a lot, like the audiobooks. And you know, like I got books like Meditations that I read, so uh, which is like pretty every night. I travel with it everywhere. You know, Ryan Holiday's uh, yeah, Ego is the enemy. practical stoicism. Like Ryan Holiday. You know, I, I just like learn to learn, learn new stuff, and you know, my mindset is like, man, I'm from a very place that's very you gotta be humble, man. And I'm just very very grateful for life for being here because bro, it's like it's I've I've grown up playing soccer, like man, where I'm from. Phew, I'm not even close to being the talented guy. You know, (laughs) I grew up against guys, you know, I played soccer growing up. I was pretty good, but there were guys who were like, even as kids, you go like, man, this is the guy, he is way better. You know, when he was part of the team, we performed better type of way. And you think like he might be the guy to make it to the big team, but then, it kind of stuck where we're from because of lack of opportunities and all that stuff. For me, somehow I got lucky. My dad left the country. He moved to Japan. I got there. So, man, it's huge. It's not like, so I'm just grateful to be here, be a a good example. And I always know I can be better. You know, I can be a better athlete. I can be a better, you know, friend, a better instructor, all that stuff. So any opportunity that I can find to make me a better person, you know, I'm humble enough to reach out for help all the time you know and um so that that's my mindset man so i try to read uh, you know many good stuff you know and uh, try to learn new stuff and anything that could help me become uh, a better athlete too you know and not just that you know athlete is just like what i do but at the end of the day too i'm a person you know and uh, what what uh, i don't just like let you jiu- to define who I am. I want to be a better person too, outside of the mats and just a, a good person who's somehow really good in judo too. That's what I want to be known for. That's Not awesome. Just by my ways or what I do, you know what I mean. So yeah, <laughs> that's that that's that stuff. Yes, sir.
0: So let let's go back a little bit because you kind of pre uh you yeah. kind of like alluded to your your history and stuff like that. For people that don't know, you came from Ghana, went to Japan, and now you're. You've been around pl- a couple places in America. and Now you've resided in Detroit. What was that whole journey like and how, how has it like affected and changed who you are?
2: Yeah, uh, so, you know, I was uh, originally born in Ghana. That's where I was raised until I was 14, 15 years old before moving to Japan. And, like, you know, growing up, I played different sports. I've always been an athlete. I, I think, you know, I was pulling soccer, like, I think around four years old. So, you know, I remember like one thing, like everybody was talking about the teenager and like stuff like that. And I, and I just made a joke. It's just my whole like childhood, like, even up until now, i just going to the, being in the locker room because it's just like constantly, every day go to the locker room, change for soccer. Even when I was playing basketball, I find myself hanging out in the locker room a lot. And now Judith is like, man, I've been I've been in the locker room a lot. <laughs> you know, but Hey, that, that's what it is. I started playing soccer and, um, Growing up, you know, people who know me and, you know, what I mean is like people who know my childhood growing up and they see me, you know, fighting now, they're like, man, how did you get into this? You know, because I was a pretty good um kid, like one of, I had a lot of potential growing up, you know, before I moved to Japan in the soccer. I played in like uh, the, the nations uh, under 15, year old soccer teams. And, you know, we went to a very, very high But right after that, I moved to Japan. Things really changed at 15, man. It was a huge change, like, that's moving to Japan. I was excited at first to join my parents, but then when I got there, I felt like I pressed a reset button on my life, you know, because I was just becoming a teenager, I was just getting excited, you know, with girls and all that stuff, a little bit of attention, and then all of a sudden, I'm in a place like Japan, and, like, it's not even like a Tokyo where it's more, like, diverse. It was a little outside of Tokyo, which was more, like, countryside, like, and you look around, it's like, there's no English speakers. Like, I look around, like all the signs around me are like, fuck, I can't this <laughs> You know, like, yeah. what is this, you know, and all of a sudden it kind of hits you and you're like, the only people you know, or can communicate with is your parents and brothers, Damn, you know, like first for the first time, like, oh man, I don't think I can survive here, <laughs> you know? But also at the same time, my dad was like, he was most of the time working outside of Ghana in and out. So we didn't really get to spend that many time. It's like, man, I missed some of the important times of your life growing up. I don't want to do that now. So let's figure a way to stay here. And, uh, you know, at first I was supposed to go into international school in Japan, but hey, it was way beyond my dad's budget at the time. So he's like, hey, we got to figure out to get into public school, which was free at the time. But then at the time, yeah, my Japanese level was, it didn't even exist and it was nowhere. And you're like, we cannot, you know, admit you with this level of Japanese because you can't keep up at all. So I was given a year just to study Japanese. And that year was a rough year. Like, because it was just like, I'll go to school, learn Japanese and like trying to come back home, stay home and then repeat every day. So like nothing going on. And I, I was, you know, like I said, I was, I've been an athlete growing up my whole life. I thought I was gonna continue playing soccer in Japan, but you know, they have these policies like in Japan, you can only do like this sports and activities when you're in high school, because there's, there, you can be a dropout. If you're a dropout from high school, then there's there's nothing you can do from there. So I had to prove that I was in high school before I was going to be approved to do all those wow. programming, you know, like to play soccer and all that stuff. So for real, like for me to get a life again, at that time, that's my mindset was to, um, uh, was to really learn, figure out how to speak Japanese, get into high school, then maybe I can get, start getting friends and make all that stuff. But, you know, that was true waiting to get into high school. I, I think I was already admitted after like nine months of studying somehow, man, like I, I passed the test, I was getting into it. And that's when my dad boss got into it. He got me into jiu you know, and uh, through Jiu-Jitsu I made some friends and like, you know, just like at the time, I was ready to do anything, man, you know, even though uh, to me, I look at it now, like you know, I was destined to do it the way it happened, you know, and uh, when, I, when when we get into it, my my dad's boss was like, hey, while you're waiting to get into high school, why don't you give this a try? And to me, I had a different mindset of like, what do you into is, you know, uh, I got into it, I saw what it is, I got and then I had genuinely found a passion for it. You know, when I, when I did that, you know, uh, that was back in like 2010, 2011.
1: Were you smashing uh, people in that first class using that athleticism?
2: You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought. Going to, like, you know? <laughs> we, I'm sure you, we all had similar stories. Yeah, yeah. And I had that, like, you know, I was, I wouldn't say cocky, but I'm like, man, I'm, I'm this big guy amongst this, like, you know there was some big guys that I was really tall even at that time you know, I was like man I, I'm gonna survive there's no way these guys are gonna but then I went, it was a different story man. <laughs> Like I was getting spin around I will getting swept they mount me arm everything I do <laughs> every move every uh, hands I try it felt like a, a, a setup You know, and <laughs> I've always been competitive like man okay, my size really doesn't matter. You know, I got to figure out what it is, And through that, trying to figure out what it is, trying to survive and get better at it, you know, I found myself being in love with the sport. But man, it was was a humbling (laughs) experience in the beginning. You know, it made you humble yourself real quick. And then, man, you just like from there, I started working on it, you know. And then even after that, three months later, I tried to get into my first competition. I got beat up so bad by a judo guy which ended up forcing me to start judo. Yeah, it's a long story, but like, man, it's, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, so like I'll say, my experience in Japan and like, it was a different change, but also it helped shape me a lot into who I am because I had to study, you know, it, it helped me. Um, and even now it's just like, uh, I could adapt much easily because at that time I was able to adapt to Japanese. I started to like study, okay, what is the norm here? What what can I do? What to respect their culture and not be disrespectful. So I in that all that um that process, of, I started to figure out. Like I started to care more. Like like wouldn't say in a bad way, but like trying to put all this little stuff in, like a, like a good man not just like okay, not just do whatever I want, but how am I gonna do to like to do culture appropriate, you know, not be disrespectful, you know. Uh, and then through all that, I started to learn more Japanese culture. I, like started to more respectful on the mat, learning how to bow and all the stuff through. And, you know, it was martial arts. And it was funny to me because until that I had that mindset of, oh, you want to get into fighting to become a badass. Of course, you become right. a badass. But because now when you start to understand how being a badass is, you kind of like become more humble because you understand what, and that's what Japan is all about, man. This is a set, you know, you're going to fight, you're going to respect your opponent. You know, at the end of the day, without them, you wouldn't even have a fight, you know. But at the same time, you're going to be able to protect yourself and your family when it's needed, but you never learn a fighting skill just to be a bully or all that stuff. And I was like, wow, you know, if you're learning this very intense sport, but it's kind of like humbles you in a way, this is special. And to me growing up, we never really had that. And to me, I really fell in love with the process, you know. And through all that, you know, I, I gained friends. You know, there was a lot of challenges growing up, you know, in high school and all that stuff. But in the, at the end of the day, looking back, everything was mostly positive than negative, you know. So I'm very grateful. And then that helped me get shaped there. When I was in Japan, that's how I met David Garmo. And he owns a gym here somehow when I was looking to move and, like, you know, get into competition more in my career. I was like, hey, why don't you move out here and see that? You know, to me, I didn't care where I was going to be. I knew I could put the work in. I was willing to bet on myself. And so far, I could say it's working. So, yeah, we're going to keep rolling with it.
0: No, that's a great story, man. John and I actually spend uh, quite a bit of time in Japan for work. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, in the Navy, I went to Sasebo and Yokosuka, oh, oh, yeah. and we we uh, we go to Yokosuka because there's a Navy base there. Yeah, Yakuza,
2: yeah. I had a lot of uh, friends who did judo who lived there on the base. Actually, oh really?
1: I think that was the yeah. international yeah, judo team. What you
2: say? Yeah, the axis like rising Insight, something like that. Yeah, because I know like uh, there was a a guy from Axis who teach classes on bass or something like that. So I don't know if you guys were connected, but yeah.
0: Uh, Imanari's brother, uh, Koji taught on bass. Uh, okay. So yeah, he, right. he was, he was, uh, when we first got there, he was still teaching classes, but he had stepped away probably about a week after we had showed up. Well, and then man. we trained under some Malachi Friedman's black label jujitsu guys from, uh, Charleston, North Carolina. They were there okay. teaching free classes, and uh, they were uh-huh. just a purple and brown belt, two brown belts and a purple belt that were teaching classes. And yeah, uh, yeah. it was an incredible was experience. But you in Japan, you trade at Carpe Diem, right?
2: Yeah, so Carpe Diem was like where I joined later on. Oh, okay. You know, Where'd you I train first? The city. At first, I trained in a place called La That was like uh, where I first started. That was where my my, my dad's boss used to run, Yamada-san. And uh, that's where I got. But then around purple belts, you know, I, I got to a level like I had to the gym I had to and that's back in 2016 that's when I moved to Carpe Diem, you know. So I moved to Carpe Diem, my purple belt, and then I was down to 2020, I think, and that's when I 2020 I moved to Detroit.
0: And did you get your black belt at Carpe Diem or did you get it in Detroit? Yes, oh, you yes, did. I did get my black belt from Yuki Ishikawa. So uh, I got my black belt in
2: 2018 from Yuki Ishikawa. Yeah.
0: So, so do you do you ever get to revisit? Carpe Diem or go to Tokyo since since you've left? I know you mentioned earlier that your visa doesn't allow yeah, you to leave the country.
2: So far, since, I moved, since I moved 2020, I haven't had the opportunity to go back yet, even though there's a plan for it. And like I said, I, I need to be here until um, next summer at least, you know, to see how I go from there. But then after that, I might be able to visit again. But right now, also, it's just like, it's also part of the sacrifices, man. It's just like, I got way too much going on. This is what I've been working on my whole life you know so i just gotta sacrifice family time and all that stuff a little bit just to focus on career right now and then see how it goes and uh when the time is right you know i i miss the family i know they miss me too and even the fans and everybody back in japan man even like the support being crazy the support being crazy you know i got messages and all that stuff so you know i'm looking forward to the day i'm gonna reunite with them but for now there's work to do so i'm focused on all that right now
0: have you been able sure. to talk to Yamada-san since, since you left Japan and like you've had all these successes? Oh, yeah. Like wh- yeah, what has his yeah. experience been with you since you've been so successful in jujitsu? I, I mean like
2: I, I, he's almost like my Japanese dad. <laughs> There's this book the rich, that Richard had poured out to me. I, I was like, wait, you know I have my Ghanaian dad and I have my Japanese dad and actually I'm, I lived with him since I was 18 to like 22. So that's when I really got into that Japanese culture. That's a but, you know, he's always like a proud dad man, like yeah, and then he was pretty strict with me growing up, you know, because I wasn't always like you know, maybe I might have the potential I didn't even know at the time, but I wanted to do the fun stuff. I wanted to go, you know, join the cool kids, you know, started working on weekends and just to make enough money to go out with friends, you know, maybe start dating. But he made sure that all that didn't happen. He made sure uh, I was training He made sure I wasn't missing classes. You know, when he when I was skipping school, he my parents found out. My he found out before my actual parents, you know. And I had moment, i my like, man, what is this guy doing, man? He's not even my real dad. Can you just like let me live my life, you know, type of way? But now I do understand. I'm mm-hmm. like, fuck. So grateful for that, you know, <laughs> and. Um, but At the end of the day, we stay in touch, so at some point i was I was trying to distance myself to run away like just any other like you know young early twenties, but now we we really close than ever and the cool thing about this he was in Vegas that weekend,
0: no way.
2: He was in Vegas, so, you know, even then, like, just to raise your hands to see him in the crowd and everything like that, it all hit me, man, and I'm like, man, we all we started this together, you put me on this, and now I'm here, so it was a cool story, it was a cool story, and then we we just cool, man, and, uh, like, you know, we had all disagreement growing up, but now it's everything in support, and uh, we have plans, you know, you never know where it's going to go, we might go back to Japan and you know, work together, we, we never know, but for now, like I said, you know, I get, I'm where i need to be and work hard to get to where i'm trying to be at you know so
1: when when did you think uh let me let me think of it what belt did you get in jiu-jitsu where you really felt like it was clicking like when you started to where you were like man i got this you know what i mean
2: yeah uh honestly though like I. I you know, when I started Jutes, I didn't know where I stand at. You know, I never really got the opportunity to compete in, like, uh, one of the biggest events as a, as, a, as a color ball, like blue ball through purple, even though I tried. But it wasn't until my purple ball, when I when I first went to um, Brazil to train there, you know, because the plan was to somehow get to the States, train and compete. But, you know, I never really got the opportunity. So, you know, my Yamada son was like, hey, why don't you go to Brazil? Brazil is just our stuff. As a state, and I, I I wasn't always a no giga, guy. I was more of a giga, guy, you know, and uh, so and yeah. Obviously, I went there. I got the training, and then I did the Sao Paulo. But you know, that's one, one um It's one of those performances that like boosts your confidence yeah. level, you know. And uh, you know, Kainan Duarte was in there. I I ended up fighting Kainan Duarte in the open weight of. Um, the finals i was much bigger than him at the time but you know he was still very strong and uh you know i i i won my division as a heavyweight and there was some big names in it you know some of those who like they they met out at the juvenile uh um, events of the world or some of them like even like the blue ball well, i was a purple ball so then some of them they met out the world i'm like man That's when, like, I started having the boost that, you know, this guy did this at the walls, and I was able to beat them, so I have a better chance. And even, like, again, Carmen Duarte, I think, uh, I lost by five points to two, something like that. So, you know, I had the first sweep, somehow swept, and passed towards the end, you know. So um, that really gave me that confidence boost, and that's when I was like, man, I think I belong here. I think I can make this happen. Because up until now, and nothing wrong, because even though in Japan I was really very good, sometimes it's always been like, man, was I really good? Was I just because I was very big and fast, you know? Because when I finally started to understand due to the techniques, I could really do it really fast. So it's always been something in the back of my head, like, was I really good or was I just like physically bring it all that although even though, you know, it wasn't might never been a bad then getting to Brazil and doing that in Brazil just gave me that boost, man. And even then, like, one of my biggest things, like, moving from Japan to here, too, I always had that pressure of, like, okay, in Japan, I was one of the best guys, but can I really do it here? You know, I always had that back. You know, so far, I've proved myself wrong, and I'm, I'm actually proving to the world that I belong on the biggest stage. But I'll say around purple Belt, when I went and did that San Paolo Open, when I won my division, and uh, I lost in the f- uh, Open Finals, but I made it to the finals and fought one of the top like juvenile kids at the time and he only beat me by points i think that really boosted my confidence and like you know i came back and i remember him and said yeah we can do this so from there that's when i was like looking to to make changes you know and even though it was very very unfair at the time that's what i needed to do because that's when I, i left my coach at the time and you know it was a lot of problems because obviously i was his best guys at the time you know and looking back at it he really invested a lot in me but you know Capodium was the place to be if you we were looking to get to that next level in Japan, you know, and I had to make that tough decision, even though my coach didn't agree initially, you know, I kind of like left and uh, it was back and forth, it wasn't very good, especially looking now, that's one of the things I wish I could do. But at the same time, I needed to make that move because, you know, living in a big city like Tokyo, like I had more opportunities in Tokyo than I would have ever done living in a, a countryside. So at the end of the day it all worked out, you know. But at the same time, you know, I, I believe that wasn't fair for your mother son. I wish, you know, our separation would have been much more respectful, more open, you know, even though I tried to make it that way, he wasn't willing to let go and I wasn't willing to stay either. And you I had to make a move. So but it's hey, fast forward, we get to agreement, you know, we reach out to each other and now it's all love. He was in Vegas this other weekend, so you know it, it is what it is and like we, we talk about it you know i, I met you know I, I got on quintet because i was in tokyo you know because and i was like two weeks replacement you know two weeks replacement they were looking for another guy to compete and somebody was like hey why don't you guys check out this guy in company that would have never happened if i wasn't outside of right it. you know and getting on the quintet kind of helped me it also is one of my breakthrough performances. people who really followed uh um grappling events, remember that event that I did in, in Quintet, and that also helped me get my visa to the state because then people actually saw me, and like, oh my god, <laughs> who's this guy? How come we never heard of him, you know? And so they reach out and like, hey, we're going to have a Quintet in Vegas, are you going to come? I'm like, yeah, I'd love to, but I, I can't really go to the state right now. And that's when i like, oh, why? What's this that? And then Sakuraba jumped in, you know, he had all those connections, you know, that's what they do, and then somehow for the first time, I got the opportunity to be here, you know. So my first visit to the state was so. At the end of the day, my whole point is all worked out, but there's something we all wish we could we would do it differently, and that's one thing. But I'm very happy where our relationship is at right now,
0: you know. Yeah, that's so, that's it's interesting that you know, going through all of it. I'm sure there was you know a lot of highs and lows, like you mentioned your, especially when it yeah. comes to your visa and stuff like that, but everything happens for a reason. You know what I mean? We go through these trials and tribulations in life and in jujitsu, you know, you win, you lose, you know, like, uh, like you mentioned ADCC, like you were like on top of the world after submitting cyborg. And then you realize like, Oh man, like this is going to affect me. I need to, I need to be a little bit more level headed. You know what I mean? And it's, (laughs) yeah. yeah. (laughs) And so it's, it's crazy where our journey takes us. You know what I mean? Uh Like, uh, yeah. Would you have ever imagined that you would be, you know, in Japan, 15 years old, not knowing, not knowing Japanese, just trying to get into school to being on the biggest stage in the world for grappling? Like, did you ever imagine like that would happen? Did you have that like end goal in mind? And then you just like put the things in place that you needed to?
2: All right. So uh, when I started Jiu-Jitsu, man, like I got to that place like, you know, I want to be the best. I want to get to that level. You know, how am I going to do that? But to be honest, though, I hadn't, I, I didn't have a clear plan. You know, I didn't know how I was going to do it. The first thing I knew is, like, I really had passion for this, and I'm going to do this, you know, to a point where my parents weren't even the big supporters because they were like, man, you know, you can't get visa to go to the state where you could potentially be a world champion. You know, it's not like you the, the, the sport is, like, paying you a lot right. where you can, like, live a comfortable life. You know, you're struggling to do all that. What's the point? Why don't you just go find a, a better job and do all that stuff? But, you know, I, I just had faith. I didn't have all the answers, you know, to a, to a certain point where I even, like, gave up because I, I, I got rejected, like, nine times, I think, you know, to get here. So uh, to the point that I got to come down like, maybe this is going to be, you know, trying to get as good as I can in Asia and then see what it leads to. But, man, the the, the universe works in a, in a very interesting way, man, because... I made some moves, you know, like by getting on Quintet and someone like Sacroba, who's always been a legend, like, reaching out to try to help me. And that's when I actually, like, started to believe that, man, if I can get in the States, if I can, like, just put in the work, I might be able to get the opportunity, you know. So, but, like, another thing is, like, with COVID, you know, oh, I, I got man. my first time in the States was in 2018, you know, when I finally, like, okay, finally, you know, I can come here and compete, train and do all that stuff. Maybe the final opportunity I'm going to show, but then 2019, I was in New York. I trained for like three months with the Hansel. That's when all those guys were there. Most, a lot of people don't know because, uh, you know, for a couple of split months or weeks, I was in New York. I, I trained with the Donahue squad. When That's when they were back there, 2019. I left New York in December 2019 to go back. So, and uh, to Japan. And then, then January is when everything went, just yep. started crashing, you know, and, like my plan was to try to make money, like save for the world. So I was excited for that. And then everything just crashed. And I only, I had two years left on my visa. I'm like, man, if I finally got this visa and the world just going to like kind of collapse. But also that motivated me to make a move, you know? So I had a visa sitting down. David just opened his gym here in Detroit, you know? And while I was staying in like, uh, while I was staying in New York, um, he invited me over for a seminar, you know. So when I got here, I did the seminar. We had, like, a pro training that we did, and there's some of the guys that I trained with, that was when it kind of clicked in my head, like, whoa, Detroit is a possibility, man. These guys that I trained with are not that bad. They had really good wrestling and all that stuff. So I kind of stayed in my head, but then with the COVID, and then when everything happened, we kind of stopped it. But then later on, while I was looking for a thing, he kind of reached out to me, like, hey, I still have this, you know, what do you think? Are you still interested? I'm like, please, I'm looking for a place to move. So I moved here in November uh, 2020, like the craziest time. The craziest time you can think of is like when COVID was still going on. Mm -hmm. That's right around the election time. You know, everybody was on ease. I kind of knew that, but I was like, man, I'm just going to take the risk and make the move. And then actually moving around that time ended up being a good thing for me because there was not much going on you know, grappling-wise in the States. You know, IBJJF tournament, everything stopped. People in Brazil were stuck. And in the middle of that, there was this Ghanaian who grew up in Japan. here. <laughs> you know, and I think that kind of like, you know, raised a little bit of uh, attention. And I think that was two weeks after I moved there, I did the American Nationals at like my IBJJF. You know, that's when they started doing the open mat, And again, I just went in, I think, I had six fights. I had five submissions out of all the six. And, you know, I remember Flo Grappling interviewing me right after that event, you know, because I was just new on the scene, who are you type of thing. And I think that really kind of translates for me getting on my face, who's number one, and, like, you know, just be able to prove to the world through that. And I think I kind of gained fans through that. And, like, that really helped a lot to even get me into ADCC because, man, to be honest, I haven't done much at a black belt level i haven't won Worlds or anything like that yet even though i believe that i belong in, into that i belong in that level you know you know sometimes you gotta climb the ladder mm-hmm. but you know Through doing big events like who's number one putting on the show you know becoming like you know getting getting fans through that that kind of paved my way for um for even the big events to get on eventually adcc you know Like I said, man, at some point I didn't think I was even going to make it to a frustration where I'm like, man, I'm not in the state. Now I can't even do the trials. I'm stuck, you know, and it's not a time where I can travel. But then you see how the opportunities happen. So, you know, I'm very, I feel like I'm destined to be here. And, like, I'm, I'm very grateful the way things went. It's not the way I exactly planned. My plan was to somehow... You know, uh, go to the American embassy, uh, you know, request for a visa, make it easy. Just, you know, everything. But, you know, it it didn't go that way. I had to go through all that. And uh, at some point, I didn't even know what I was doing, but I just had faith, man. And I just kept working hard. And it it feels like, like, looking back, it looks like everything fell in place in a way. And I'm very grateful for that, man.
0: So... You get a lot of attention too because you're six five. You know what I mean. Two twenty, right? Two twenty, big athletic guy, move fast. Pretty small, pretty yeah, small. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's yeah. like about average. You know what I mean on Tinder, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but what yes, wh- what has your game been, and has it changed since you got to Detroit and you've been around like the like you mentioned, David's a better wrestler. You know, you have you have all these coaches around you. What was your game before getting to Detroit, and has it changed at all since you've gotten there?
2: Um, uh, I'll say, yeah, mostly of my, my game has always been like, kind of like the same. Uh, I would say I've always been like a guard player most of the time, you know, even when I was in Japan and, and like a big guy just doing all those like inversions, especially with the gear on too. Like I said, I was more of a gear guy and, uh, you know, like, so I would just like play a lot of like power guards, you know, spider guard was my thing, you know, keeping people in distance. Yeah. You know, really long distance.
0: Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: So in my team I think I started really understand what the spider guard is from my coach as a blue ball, you know. But then now when I started to into no years, like, man, I don't really have the grips. You know, what do I do? You know. So I started to like try to be more on top, trying to like utilize my judo, but then when I moved there quickly I was I was exposed to like my wrestling sucks. I I not no even my wrestling, I I had no wrestling at all. You know, so um I had no wrestling at all. I knew I had to work on that. So wanting that, you know, wanting to let other, by even meeting someone like Jake Herbert, who was an Olympic wrestler, and I knew that, oh, man, this is my opportunity to learn something new. So I knew that I um, wrestling was going to be a huge factor in my game. So uh, right away when I had the opportunity, I came here way before I even knew I was going to get on ADCC. I've been working on that a lot, you know, so that really helped change my game. And my game, no case, I'm trying to stay on top as possible. You know, trying to scramble from top, and that's what I live for, man. Like any type of scramble, I feel like I'm gonna win it. I'm gonna win every type of scramble, especially at like the heavyweight. And people see me; they might see me on video. They see, oh, he's fast and all that. But until actually in front of you, I'm really fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what people will misunderstand. Like uh, I, I'm, and I'm. I think it's a blessing, you know, to be my weight and my quickness, you know, it's not, it's a very rare thing. And, uh, you know, and people always did, even like cyborg was very old. Respect speak, man, like, man, you quick. Yeah. That's what he said. Yeah. I'm like, Yeah. It was like, yeah, That's right, I'm y'all crazy. over there talking trash behind my back, <laughs> thinking I'm big and slow, but I got your ass. I know that, you know. So uh, yeah, uh, so I, I knew my weakness right away was to to impose my wrestling. So we've been working on it, and uh, so far I'm just excited to be able to prove it to the world.
0: You you mentioned a lot, like you're, you're the pros of your body style. You know, you're fast, strong, athletic. As a big guy, what are some detrimental things that come along with being a big guy that most people probably won't even think about?
2: As a big guy, also is just like one thing that I hate though is like going against a little smaller guys. Really? Yes.
1: I feel like you could just hey, wrap them up.
2: I'm telling Yes, <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> like, uh, especially with this junior World is like you see how uh, this thing like David and Goliath. Type of fight sells a lot, and I'm like, don't get me wrong, you know, there's a weight classes for a reason. You barely see any open weight in MMA for a reason. You know, that's different when it comes to punching. But like Jiu-Jitsu, man, sometimes it can be very hard. You know, when you when you distort and like yeah, that shot, and it just like you don't have any space to work on. They have all the <laughs> space to go around you. So honestly, though, like that's one of my best things. Like, I'd rather find a bigger guy than a smaller <laughs> That's the truth. And I've always had issues because of the space. But at the same time, I have to adjust I, I, whoever I'm going to go with. You know, that's what I do. I need to do that. But yes, you know, just sometimes, or like little, little tacky guys where you like, they're just so tight. You don't have anything to go with, you know? So yeah, I would say like being, being is like yeah very and he's like not being the ability to not play proper half guard because there's always space between my legs and all that stuff so yeah
0: our, our brown belt the owner of our school is 65 220 pounds also white guy and uh <laughs> man when we first started uh yeah. it was horrible because we had no idea <laughs> like like you mentioned like he grabs like spider guard or something like that you're not passing his legs because the the oh, space yeah. <laughs> so far for you you know what I mean and he's uh, big and strong uh, <laughs> and athletic too and uh, I mentioned that we we're going to talk to him or talk to you to him and uh, one of yeah. the questions he had was like how do you in training not use your full speed and athleticism against people that are smaller or not as skilled like how do you how do you hold back but still get something out of it
1: Football is back, baby. We're back to seeing Mahomes home sling beautiful balls all over the field, and your friends at Manscaped are here to help you sling your beautiful balls all season long. With Manscaped's state-of-the-art tech, we'll have your weapon looking more loaded than the AFC West. Football may be rough, but your ball care doesn't have to be with Manscaped. Join the six million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code ETP20
0: at Out and the clearest duo in the league the ultimate premium body wash and ultra premium two-in-one shampoo and conditioner with their rugged scent and uh, they attracted both the ball and all the ladies in the crowd <laughs> plus these two leave your skin and scalp feeling more hydrated and that means plays on the field and less water breaks you know what i'm saying on defense, there's only one thing you need, the aluminum-free <laughs> ultra-premium <laughs> deodorant. With the refined cologne quality fragrance, it keeps sweat and the locker room scents from making any ground. Plus, it dries clear, so the opponent won't even know it what hit him. Kind of like the ball deodorant.
1: This has got to be a Super Bowl winning roster. Please don't take my word for it. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping with the code ETP20. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code ETP20. Manscaped for turning your player into an MVP.
0: Thanks, Manscaped.
2: Yeah, uh, like I said, um, for me, it, it really benefited a lot. Oh, I learned that earlier on in my uh, when I first started Junior 2. It's like, you know, I had that mindset like, oh, I'm the bigger guy. You know, I'm going to dominate. You know, there's no way these guys are going to do whatever they're doing to the other guys there. You know that's that type of mindset but then when i got there I, I realized that my size didn't do much you know and in a different way even at the time it's like i didn't know what i was doing but i thought i could rely on my uh um, what's it called my strength and all that stuff you know that's way before i was thinking of how could i get better or learn from these guys you know but at the same time after getting beat up real bad i realized that okay um i gotta figure out this technique stuff. I got to learn from that. So, through that, I just started to develop that little person skill set. So, from earlier on, I, I just stopped relying on my strength and I started working more, you know, on the technique and stuff like that. So, I became like a guy, like the big guy with like little guy. Um,
1: syndrome. Skillset. So,
2: don't get me <laughs> wrong. I can Napoleon really, syndrome. Uh, <laughs> yeah. don't get me wrong I, I can still be very rely on my strength and put on strength when i when i need to especially when we do pro trainings on sundays i'm like oh you know like this well, what we do we go full hot but at the same time i don't always do that you know when i'm learning like when i'm going against uh, someone who's smaller than me i always should decide to let like, more and more go like um lay back down like pull guts type of way trying to go technique for technique and see whatever is next. And to me, I I use it as like a new opportunity to work on new stuff. Like I said, you know, we have our pro trainings, you know, that's, I'm not going to be doing, you know, working on techniques that I don't, I'm not 100, or I'm not working on my A-games, you know. That's when we go against each other, almost try to kill each other type of way. But then when I go in, like, the regular class, when I'm working with, like, you know, the blue balls or, like, someone who I met, if I just smash them, there's, there's no point in that. So I just try to rely on maybe if I have some new techniques I want to work on, those are, I use those opportunities to, to work on. And at the end of the day, even if I make mistakes, you know, for me, I'm not that type, that's going to be like, oh, man, he just passed my guy, let me try now get pissed off and trying to, like, you know, recover the guy right away and then smash them just to, you know, to work on your ego or something like that. Right. I never that get in the way, you know. If you pass my guy, I understand that I made a mistake. And the end of the day, we practice it. That's what it is for, you know. There's no win or lose here. To me, that's my mindset. So I'm, I'm, I am might feel like I'm just, like, more um, don't allow, never allow my pride or ego to get into it, you know. Be honest with myself. I, I know if I'm working on leg locks, okay, I'm gonna make if I mess up the entry. I know what I'm not to work on, and when I get better at doing that, then I can do it even against a higher level or when I'm in pro training. You know, that's how I feel like I I learn small or uh, work on new stuff, and by doing it against you know the color belts or someone who's smaller than me, us you know even if I make a mistake and can recover easily, that way I can get my body can get used to doing it. It's almost like an active drilling to me. That's how I see it, you know, and that's how I say it, and then. That way, when I start doing it, my body start getting used to it, my muscle memory, I can start to implement it in my pro training. You know, that's where it becomes kind of my A-game or my improvement. It comes from there and I can show off on like uh, on the events days too when it comes to like the big events and I, I put it on. So to me, it's just like you know, that's how I, it's been, I've been doing it. You know, just work on new stuff, work on taking it easy and that's how you learn through taking it easy, not just playing your A-game the whole time. And I feel like not not working on your A games against like your best training partners, it's not gonna work that way. But you can use the opportunities like maybe against, you know, um um not what's the right word? You know, the 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 belts below you, you know.
1: All right, like, lower belts, yeah.
2: The lower belts that's the right word, you know. It those are the opportunities for you, you know. And you can submit the lower belt ten times, it's not gonna make you any better, you know, but you can like use the opportunity to work on new stuff, you know, even by helping them like, Hey, you could have done this instead of this, you know, you make them to counter your attacks. That's going to make you think a different perspective and then get even better at doing it. So yeah, that's how I work on it, you know, but at the same time, when we go on pro training, it's a different thing. <laughs> yeah,
0: there's no, there's no working on anything there. I'm trying to smash you, bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm,
2: bringing your a game, I'm bringing my A game too, you know, so Yeah, and I feel like we all need that. You need that like training where you just go hard, you know, just like competition where, and just training where you need learn new stuff because if you just go hard like competition where you're never gonna improve, and if you always just go chill, guess what? Competition day people are not just gonna be chill like that, you know. So you gotta have that balance, and uh, to me it's been working for me. So, you know, maybe some person can learn from this too, and then channels and one or two things from them hopefully
0: you know so what do you what do you feel like uh as like a newer belt or lower belt what do you feel like is something that is overlooked that can actually help people improve much faster or help their game uh, along like do people not ask enough questions do they not train enough like what do you feel is overlooked the most in lower belts
2: um lower belt I, I feel like uh the is that the right word to use that? But like shiny object. I think <laughs> the version of shiny object in jiu you know, like, especially with like, um, I feel like the basics is overlooked. Mm. That's, uh, it's always, not always, but like, you know, getting to the level I am right now and uh, the way I started Jiu-Jitsu and like how I the how much time I spent on like just learning the basics and, you know, you know even like taking a stand-up and all that stuff. You know, I feel like it's been overlooked a lot now. You know, I'll i see guys who, who can do all these perfect leg entries but can do a proper hip escape or something like that, you know. So, and I, it's just like that stuff where, um like, they come in, you know, they see all those videos on Insta- Instagram or, like, you know, videos or whatever. Like, you know, some guys did that cleanse. I'm like, hey, they didn't just start doing all those stuff overnight. I mean, like they're doing all they make it look easy but also it's like you know you need that basics you know you need to work on like how to escape when somebody get past your legs and all the stuff like that you know it's not just like the entries and all that stuff so for me right now i feel like the basics are a little overlooked but also that's you know the generation we're in you know like you i feel like you don't need a proper you know passing or anything like that why you can fall down into the legs and all that stuff so hey and to me it's just like i try to um what's it called like I said, living in Japan, it gives me that, um, to, I'm sorry guys, my, the word is not coming, Okay. No,
1: uh,
2: adapt to adapt proper, you know? And so to me, it's just like, yeah. And I feel like it's just in an anything to be able to adapt. You cannot just like stick to whatever you're doing, you know, you gotta be able to adapt to the new stuff. So I, I'm really good at doing that. You know, at my gym, there's always someone who's good at something that I'm not, you know, with leg entries, you know, with that wrestling, with all that stuff. So I just try to be open and learn from anybody. And at the same time, you know, I try to help the new guys and then, you know, whatever I can help them with, you know. with So I try to tell them, yeah, you know, the basics, you know. And uh, that's what I do at the gym. Some of the kids that come in, you know, they do all the stuff. But also I just try to, you know, just spin on the road, that spin moves and all that stuff. Those type of drills, man, I help them with it because, by having those spin drills, that helped me a lot in my early days, you know, being able to, like, to go embedded and all that stuff, you know, by doing all that stuff, I helped them with that, and later on, you know, when they become blue ball, purple ball, they might be able to understand that, too, you know, but, you know, personally, maybe I might be wrong, but at the same time, I feel like, you know, the basics, you can't overlook the basics, you know, at the end of the day. I completely agree,
0: because, it, especially when you watch someone like Gordon Ryan, who's, you know, the best that ever done it, and he lets people take him to the ground. He like doesn't even, he's like, oh no, you got me to the ground. And then he does, you know, leg lock entries or whatever. And so when, you know, someone sees that, And they're like, they're like, well, Mm -hmm. Gordon Ryan does this. Why, why shouldn't I do it? You know what I mean? It's like, well, Gordon Ryan is like literally the best person to ever do jujitsu. You know what I mean? (laughs) So that's why he can do that. Like, but you should definitely learn how to pull Uh guard, or you should definitely learn Uh how to not be taken down. Like, you're not to his level. It's okay. (laughs) You know what I mean? And
2: then, like, man, to be on Gordon Ryan's level, I, I've seen, I've seen a little bit. Like I said, I was in New York. You know, he's one of the best guys in the world. And just being in the same room, like, he was the best guy. Look at how hard it's working. Right. You know, you, know, you got to put in the work. And, you know, whatever he does, he might make it look so easy. It probably didn't come that easy. He put in the time, that's for sure. You know, and it's the same thing we all do. You know, at the end of the day, I respect everybody. But when it's time to go, we're going to go, you know. And uh, that's what we do. So I'm just excited to go with that, you know.
0: So what extracurricular, uh, extracurricular activities do you do outside of jiu-jitsu to help improve your jujitsu? Do you do, like, yoga? Uh, obviously, you do strength and conditioning training. Do you uh, study tape? Do you watch instructional? Like, what other extracurricular stuff do you do outside of just going to the gym?
2: Yeah, so, uh, uh, yeah, so obviously strength and conditioning is one of, like, my big part of it is, like, specific stuff that I do for my own body type and what works and whatnot. And uh, having like the best, some of the good guys in your corner is a good thing. But also it's like one thing I do a lot of, um, st- I steady tape a lot. I steady tape a lot, especially depending on the organization I'm competing for. And like, I think the past two years I've been doing more of this type of super fights. Where I just have to worry about just one guy, you know, and of course I I get to study that because I I used to never do that like I did it there every time know or it's a tournament you just gotta be ready for whoever but you know we now have the opportunity to be able to study tapes you know and like uh, working on my own stuff and actually it's just like uh, I wouldn't say who but I, I watch a lot of instructional You and know, like I said to me I'm always a, a student and I just wanna be able to keep up with what is the new thing. You know, and as a as a competitor, as I have to have answer for everything. You know, I cannot just say, "Oh, I don't do that. I'm not good at that. It doesn't work that way." Even though, to be honest, I know what I'm good at and what I'm not. And most of the time, when I'm on the fight, I'm trying to take it my way, trying to take it to the place where I'm comfortable with. But it's not; it doesn't always go that way. You gotta be ready up where his attacks are, and gotta be able to defend. So yeah, I try to keep up with every you know new technique that's on, and how even not to, even to be able to. To just do it, to do it, but to be able to have an answer for it when it's been uh, done to me. And also just as an instructor too, just to be able to have answers when your students ask questions, Mm. you know, like, hey, I've seen this, you know, I don't want to be that guy, have no idea what's the new technique song (laughs) or whatever. So, you know, just for the passion and the the love of the sport, just watching and just a fan of the sport at the end of the day, you know there's a super fight going on on the weekend that's what i like to do watch ufcs and stuff like that so it's always like i'm around that and just through watching like that i like i learn those stuff too you know so a lot of videotaping and like um yeah just asking questions and drilling a lot i do a lot of drilling it might be just like learning new stuff or just active drilling you know we just we just like flow roles and I feel like um, another thing I might say it's a little overlooked in JT just, like, having that flow rose, just, like, answering as you go. You know, you don't really know where it's going to go, but just, like, trying to get yourself in, like, multiple situations and getting out of there and getting into that flow zone, you know. And that's one thing I really i have been getting into is getting into that flow zone when I'm on that mat, you know, when I was going against um uh, cyborg was the same thing for me you know everything was almost like slow motion to me i mm-hmm. was just flowing with its movements everything i had the perfect angle i know where i needed to be and that didn't just happen because i'm on the mat it's because you know i did a lot of i meditate a lot i visualize a lot you know i tried to work any scenario sin and and, <laughs> and that's the thing man like people see me i'm a duty guy but at the end of the day too it's like 24 7 you know i i try to think about or oh, see the opportunities that's gonna make me better you know so i've seen all those stuff you know i i didn't know even that spin move that he did i said guys i saw it the night before and he's just like whoa this is happening and so it's like i just reacted to it i went to the floor i saw it and then yeah so and i think it's all through that visualization and all that stuff you know, and. Uh, there's more to come, and i uh, just trying to stay ready for the next guy, and uh, when I know who I'm going to fight next, I can't really say everything right now, but there's a lot of big fights to be announced soon, so, you know, and to me, I feel like those uh, submission only, I've never really been a guy to rely on points, you know, so submission only, they put pressure for your opponent to put pressure on you, and I feel like the more they attack, like I said, I'm a very counter type star. So well, if the rule said put pressure on my guy to put pressure, I like to keep attacking. That's when I have opportunities to attack too. So yeah, I love it. And also I get to just focus on one guy, which, you know, doing jiu and having to worry about like maybe sometimes 30 people in your category, like, you know, and just having to worry about one thing that to me is almost like a relief, man. And I, I just get to focus on that one person, go out there and put on a show. So yeah, <laughs> that's uh, what I love right now.
0: What has your your favorite? You mentioned a lot about like studying one tape and roll set. What is your favorite organization to compete in? I saw a video where you and Lachlan were in China doing like (laughs) an MMA match of grappling, which was like crazy to see. I was like, man, I can't wait to ask him about this because I'm sure that was an incredible experience too. What was what was the coolest uh, moment that you've got to compete? And what's your favorite organization to like compete under?
2: Oh man, like. It's very hard, like so far, the biggest one I've done, you know, the most special one I'll say because obviously it's once every two years. the coolest events I'll say I've been on so far is a d c c you know, just everything about it, like the crowd and everything the experience, but also apart and like say, like I said, it's once every two years that's a special It's almost like Olympics of our sports, so that's definitely it's got a special place, but who's number one? will say is definitely my favorite one right, right now, you know, just the rule set and like how, you know, the setup. And like I said, it's just like submission only. And you don't have to worry about the points. And obviously you're going to get points. The referee I watch is it. the guy who is more active, who's going to be in favor of the judges. You know, it's not the guy who had the better strategy or like who had the two points or had an early takedown you know, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. And if you watch some of my fights too, you can tell, like, you know, even after there's a couple of fights that I, I lost because I really didn't care of giving up points earlier on. I was just trying to look hands for the submission and then somehow I couldn't get it. And then they did a good job of, like, securing or, like, staying safe. And, then, you know, I lose. But events like who's number one, like, you know, just because you get me takedown doesn't really mean much. You know, what can you do after that takedown? You know, we're going to keep going until, like, eventually you can get us. Or you can be dominating me the whole time, you know, past God, do whatever it is. But at the end of the day, if I pull the trigger and get the submission, that's it. And that's what I live for, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I would say that's my best uh, rule set so far. And also just, like, uh, gratitude because they helped build my name to get me to where I am right now. So I feel like I owe them that much. And then I just enjoy being on their platform.
0: Where where yeah. do you one one big topic that's going around in competitive jujitsu uh, and Gordon Ryan talks I I hate keep dropping his name with you but you know he's a he's a prominent figure especially right now with with ADCC. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Uh but you know he talks about how there's no money in in competitive mm-hmm. grappling you know what I mean and like it's like what do you think needs to happen in order for people to like yourself to make a full-time living and I mean honestly you get into it because you want to make good money you want sponsorships yeah. and you want all that what do you think needs to happen in order for that to happen do we need more organizations like who's number one that pays for you know athletes to come oh, and yeah. do super fights like what do you yeah. think needs to change yeah.
2: for sure we definitely need more um, you know and to me I feel like you is headed the right way you know being, ADCC was for... huge this
0: year yeah. huge <laughs>
2: Yes, sir, and, like, uh, I've been into it, like, 12, 13 years now, so, you know, I started when, back in the day, there's nothing lot that's going on right now, but, you know, so, but I feel like just having more, you know, um, you know, super fight organizations, like, who's number one, and, like, you know, getting more, like, sponsorship that's gonna put, or help make you to more mainstream, and I feel like we headed the right way, because, like, you know, who's number one, obviously, is doing it, you know, having guys like Joe Rogan, like, help put or more spotlight i feel like it's really gonna help the organization to to finally get more people to invest in it i think at the end of the day you know getting people to invest in it because i feel like juniors is not in a it's not still not at the position where like you know the events are gonna make money off of viewership so i feel like uh people are gonna like you know invest in it and somehow you know, like it more make more like you know, the athletes too ask me to put on more uh, exciting performances to, to where we have more people who want to like watch it, you know, who are dying to watch it, you know, just because it's not just like a stalling game for 10 minutes, but actually a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. So I think like it's just gonna take a lot of uh, things, you know, which I feel like we already head in the right position, you know, getting people like Joe Rogan put on like make it the mainstream of you know, the hate him or love him. Guys like Gordon Ryan, man, like, you know, he's helping put into to where it is right now. And I'm not going to lie, it's, it, it's what it is. And, like, my job as an athlete is, like, I'm going to be able to go against whoever. i got to be ready to go against whoever. But at the same time, I'm going to respect them and do what they're doing. And Gordon Ryan is one of those guys that's doing a lot for jiu to, you know, like, God, um getting you know, podcasts like um, Joe Rogan and all that stuff. That's huge. You know, you got to accept the fact that's huge. Not, not many people are doing that right now, you know, and like, you know, having guys who can put on an exciting show. And I think like, you know, with what ADCC does, I feel like you really raised the bar because you can't do anything below that. You got to try to beat that. And I feel like we're just on the right path and it's only going to get better. And like, you know, getting athletes like myself and all the guys putting on an exciting performance because at the end of the day, it's going to come down to that too. You know, are you going to put on the show where people like, you know, UFC is UFC because of, you know, mainly because of the athletes or the stuff they do out there, you know, and people are just looking forward to that. So I feel like you need to to get to that level where people start getting looking forward to it, you know, and it's going to get more attention. It's going to get more ticket sales. It's going to get more viewership, all that stuff. So, yeah, I believe it's on the right path. But, you know, there's other stuff that can make it even more better, I believe.
0: What was it like when Joe Rogan said your name?
2: I was nervous. I'm not going to lie.
1: <laughs>
2: you know, when I finally turned out, because like I was saying, like now people are getting more used to it. Like my name is becoming like, you know, more known now. So it's not getting married as he used to be, you know? So when he was like, Oh, I don't want to fuck up or something like that. I was like, Oh my God, what are you going to say? You know, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, so far he did a great job. To be honest, he's one of the best pronouns so far, you know? And, uh, when I first moved that people was like Hasim, or you know, it was just like you know, and uh, this, uh, he did a really good job, and it was an amazing film, man. And like you know, he like, whoa, Joe Rogan has actually mentioned my name, and like to me, it was like he kind of, I think he noticed me about a year ago or something like that. I don't know. One of my my ways on who's number one, he liked my 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 video. You're like, holy shit, that's Joe
0: Rogan.
2: <laughs> you know, hey, and I was freaking out, you know, <laughs> like, who? John Rogan just followed and liked my video. What, what What is going on? You know, that's crazy. And he followed me. And like, to me, I was so impressed that the fact that John Rogan came to my page. <laughs> it, it, and then actually pressed the follow button. Like, you know, that's, it doesn't, you don't do that on accident, you know? Yeah. So, man, I, and I, for, a, for a minute, I'll go on his page, check his following just to make sure he's still following me. <laughs> <laughs> Am I still entertaining <laughs> him? Am I still entertaining <laughs> him? <laughs> I'm like, no, no, still yeah, I'm still there. Good. I'll go again. All right. Maybe he meant to say he <laughs> my, but, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, all, all those experiences. And then for him to finally give me a shout-out like that, and, like, I saw how, you know, I gained a lot of followers just by that, you know, which is, is super cool, man. And uh, I'm just excited to to see what go on. And then ultimately, you know, I'm excited to be here. And, uh, you know, one day get on this podcast will be a really big, big dream come true, man. It'll be crazy. It'll be crazy. And uh, I hope to, 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 to keep on putting, you know, exciting performance that's going to keep getting attention like that. And at the end of the day, just... I just love doing what I do and just going out there and putting on the show, you know. My goal is not just to win the fight. It's to get the crowd excited, to keep going, you know. And I I just love to put on, like, stuff like that. And all it came from all the players in other sports, you know, like soccer and all that stuff. Every time you beat your opponent, you know, he, he, he not in the district where he just celebrate. You know, just take your shirt off, uh, running yeah. through the field, just like. And I was the type of guy who always took off oh my, of my shirt. Oh
1: so I mean, I, I would too if I was two twenty and six five. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying.
2: <laughs> so yeah, you know, I I still have those, so I kind of have this mindset of celebrating after every tree, and uh, I feel like the fans love it. So I'm like, you know what, I'm just gonna keep doing it. You know, <laughs>
0: don't don't rip off that brand new Hyperfly rash guard that just came uh, out. Oh yeah, I lose no, no,
2: no, no, no for now no
0: for now. <laughs> That that's what cool thing that just came out. Uh, your your rash guard that just came out with Hyperfly, yeah, yeah. the giraffe print. Um, I think that thing is so cool looking, man. Like. I was trying to think of like what animal would I look like if I wear that,
1: mm. and it
0: definitely would not be a freaking giraffe. I'll tell you that right now, man. I would I would look like like a hippo in a giraffe outfit. Like that's a like. well-fed leopard. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, I love it, right. Uh, what was what was that whole experience like to? to have Hyperfly yeah. want to sponsor you because I'm sure that you were like everyone loves Hyperfly stuff they don't I don't think they produce anything that's ugly or like oh, yeah. not high quality and then too when they came to you and they're like hey we want to do a custom uh, rash guard for you what was all that like?
2: I mean it was, a, it was a cool experience you know I've always been like a Hyperfly fan you know not growing up but like when I got into um, Jiu Jitsu it's like one of the guys that I look or studied a lot was like Keenan Colonials. he's like like me lanky and he's been with hyperfly for a minute so I, I i've always had interest with them you know and but it all started again in 2018 i think 2018 when they started hyperfly japan brand mm. so i've been part of like their sponsorship so and like you know i was one of the top guys in japan so they reached out to me they went into it to me and i was like okay hell yeah let's do it you know but i was just sponsored by hyperfly japan so when i moved here back in 2020 you know you know they kind of like push me to hyper, to start working with hyperfly, but speed forward, everything went the way it did. And like, you know, after one of my uh, wins on who's number one, you know, I, I, I went out there to San Diego, they invited me out there to do some, you know, some modeling job. You know, I took some pictures, we did all that stuff. So we, we build a a, a relationship there. me and Lawrence, we, we hang out, we started talking like, Hey, we can like potentially, you know, create some, you know, um, of flying Giraffe nickname is a very catchy nickname. We can, like, create something with that, you know, but we didn't really have a plan. So I, when I found out that I was going to get on ADCC, that's when we actually was, okay, we're going to make something for ADCC. Because when is the perfect opportunity? When else is the perfect time to have a custom rash guy other than ADCC, you know? So, um, you know, and uh, I had the idea, you know, one of my guys helped me come up with a sketch. I I I, rep- I presented that to Lawrence. And, you know, he did all the mock-ups, you know, and then he just came up so perfectly, you know. And also, I just wanted to get everything involved with, like, where I'm from, Ghana, where where, where I grew up, I learned all the, the valuable skills I got into martial arts, which is Japan. And, you know, where I've always wanted to, where I'm living the dream now, you know, where I'm having the opportunity to share, showcase my skills to the world, which is America. So I wanted to involve, every, to to not just single one place out, but how can I, like, I spread gratitude to every person on one thing you know and that the black star is like the star in Ghanaian you know the Ghana flag and it means the black star like where I'm from just to represent because again <laughs> jiu is not a very big spot in Ghana but to have someone like me being from there to represent the country on one of the biggest stages of the sports you know it, it's something I, I, I took uh, pride in it's something I took up uh, um, I'll say pride in and like I was very proud of myself to do that and you know and you know since I got that, I've been getting a lot of messages even from medias in Ghana they're like whoa we never seen you like that that's something cool we've never had someone do that for our country and I'm like yeah I'm, I'm very honored to do that and at the same time too you know even though I'm from there I and most of everything was from Japan so I can't forget about that and to the country that gave me the opportunity, you know, to to showcase my world, which is here in the States, you know, so I'm, I'm, it's a way of me expressing gratitude to to all the people that helped me. And to be honest too, I'm not, I, I'm here where I am today through the people. Okay. Even though my hard work and all that stuff too, that, you know, if I didn't have the type of support I had from every person that I ran through that the way, I wouldn't be here right now. So I'm just trying to do something that, you know, got everybody involved. And not just that, but also how can I make it super cool at the same time, you know? So, you know, we we came up with that. And like, you know, that giraffe skin just came up perfectly. God, it looks so good, man. (laughs) It looks so good. Yeah, my hair matches there. there. (laughs) (laughs) It worked out perfectly.
0: (laughs) So you mentioned uh, grappling isn't big in Ghana. Um, and then earlier yeah. in the interview, you also mentioned how people were saying, oh, you're just at ADCC to represent Africa because of, you know, X, Y and Z stupid reason. G- coming from Ghana and seeing people like Israel Adesanya, Kamara Uzman, you know, all these big name people from Africa. And now yeah. I, I'll, I'll even put you up there. You know what I mean? Like uh, maybe not to like the, the level they are, but you definitely oh, have yeah. the potential yeah. to go, you know, as high as as yes, high yeah. as them. Um is is Grappling and MMA now getting bigger back in Ghana and or Oh yes. It is yeah.
2: It's still like a baby steps, it's getting bigger in Africa in general, you know. Um Ghana is still like not I think they have a few gyms now that just started that I know that's run by like a purple belt or something like that. But, you know, up until five years ago there was nothing. So I think that's one thing that's that's becoming bigger and like looking like guys like Adesanya, you know, like um Karam, Kamaruzman and all, they're all from like Nigeria, but like they really got into fighting outside of their country, you know. And I feel like this is where um, the next generation is to so try to see implement, you know, this type of sport in Africa itself
0: and like create killers from there, you know. Yeah, uh, so, Francis, uh interject real quick Francis Naganu, you know, he, he yeah. started schools yeah. in. Africa, yeah, he yeah. went back home and he started schools because yeah, of that exactly. reason.
2: So, you know, so, so the same stuff, you know, even in Ghana, he got a crazy story, like how yeah. he ended up, you know, <laughs> he's growing up and how he ended up in France and got into martial arts. So at the end of the day, like you see all those guys like myself, we all started doing martial arts outside of where we are drawn from, but the goal is to be able to take it back home someday. And I think uh, I had a super fight back in Angola 2018 and man, I went there, I, I went some of the kids' classes, man. And I, the speed they were doing the drills with and all that stuff, I'm like, oof, this is going to be a problem. Yeah. This is going to be a problem. And I, and I feel like, you know, 10 years from now, because there was a moment where there was no African descent in the UFC. And now there's a couple of champions. You know so it's only gonna get better and uh you know with nigeria and ghana we have this friendly right rivalry going on you know it's all up in the end but you know when, when they want that we have to tell, okay that's good that's good they got that one but i'm gonna make sure um i'm, I'm the face. African Junior to World Champion, and that's gonna be for Ghana. They can take that from Ghana, you know. So to me, I'm just making that every. But hey, at the end of the day, you know, uh, it's in, a, it's, it's growing in Africa in general, not just Ghana and all that stuff. Even though know, at the end of the day, that's what I want to do. I want to take it back home and then, you know, help raise the next warriors, you know. But you know, for now, I'll say it's growing. It's much bigger than it was five years ago, and I know it's gonna be even bigger five years from now. And I'm, I know I'm gonna hear a lot of big names coming from there, you know. So you just gotta. You know, paved the way for someone like myself, even like guys in the UFC. You know, just having something like that to see, I think it's a big inspiration for a lot of people from where I'm from. You know, and it's gonna be a positive thing from that side of the world.
0: Yeah, and it's like you inspire the next generation too, like you mentioned, right? Because people growing up in like certain situations or something like that, they yeah, see yeah. someone that's from where they're from, and they're like, "Hey, if that's this it. person did it, like." There's no reason that I can't do it. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's having that, I mean, there's gotta be a little bit of pressure uh, on you too. When you, when you think about it that way too, right? Oh yeah,
2: uh-huh. Oh yeah, for sure. That's definitely bad, man. I see it as a privilege too, you know, to be in my position to do what I do. Cause there's a lot of people who have it the way it was. Hey, I have to train hard and go out there and do what I love, you know, and through that I can inspire people. But that's not pressure, man. That's a privilege to be honest.
0: Yeah, and then, I mean, I'm excited for when the UFC does the first event in Africa. Uh, that's oh, going to be huge, man. And especially if they can get uh, Israel and uh, Francis on the same card. Are you joking? Like, that's going to be freaking amazing I mean, I if that really,
2: happens. I'm talking about this, or you about know, some of the boys after one of the practice there, they're like, man, this is going to be huge, man. I just seeing it being like one of the capitals in Nigeria or something like that, man, it's going to be crazy. Yeah, gonna be crazy, that's for sure
0: yeah so john you got any other questions
1: do you have a good piece of advice for anyone that's um just starting their journey in jiu-jitsu
0: uh you
2: know it's just like the same thing they, they always say you know like it just have that right mindset you know um be open to learn new things you know just uh never let the ego or anything get in the way just try to show up every day and uh for now, trying to learn everything, learn everything and keep what works, you know, trying to figure out what works and what works and doesn't work for you. And then, you know, just keep working hard. There's no any shortcuts. You got to keep showing up, putting the drilling time, putting the rolling time. And get, remember, also, you're going to get beat up a lot in the beginning. You know? You know <laughs> it started? Good. I know yeah, I didn't start it like I didn't know what I was doing. And actually, one of the things that motivated me was because I was getting beat up a lot. So you got to accept or expect that, you know, that you're going to get beat up. And let's try to learn through that. You know, if you get caught one time, try to make sure you don't repeat that same mistake again. And that's how you're going to get better each time. So that's my advice to people who get into
0: it and don't quit when you get your blue belt <laughs> <laughs> hey well uh Aisem, this has been an incredible conversation man time is flown by great. uh yeah. this room I'm is getting kind of hot my palms are a little sweaty and i think my is <laughs> starting to kick
2: through so hey, i'm very glad
0: you finally got to sit out, man <laughs> yeah hey uh if people want to follow you and and see your journey in that amazing arm bar and cyborg where, where can they find yeah. you at
2: yeah, I'm very, i very active um, mainly on Instagram, so you can find me by Highsome uh, AJJ, AJJ on Instagram and uh, my Facebook page, with a official. I, I I post all my you know my my training and all the stuff going on. And like right now, also you should check out my Rush guard. It's out on pre, uh, it's out on pre-order on the Hyperfly website, so you can check it out. And I appreciate all the support. And uh, yeah. Basically, and if you're ever in Detroit, you know, not many people are gonna be around here, but if you're ever in here for whatever <laughs> reason, come check out Assembly.
0: Yeah, awesome. hey man, appreciate your time! Thank you so much for coming on. I'm I, I yeah. so happy we finally got to do this. The conversation was well worth the wait, and I think people at home are really yeah. gonna find a lot of value in your story yes. and your mindset and everything like that. So, I and also, yeah. I feel like we got you at the perfect time because man, the ADCC was like amazing to watch. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that you know and this is what I do man more to come that's for sure yeah
0: absolutely i'm excited i'm excited to see everything and the success that's in your way man i know there's going to be many uh fruits of your labor to come to you man i'm super excited awesome. to see it so thank you guys so much for listening and watching at home and uh remember no oil checks here Boost. all right guys okay. thanks nice peace good.